Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba, and welcome to the Lions Den, a Gal Sarai podcast done by the community for the community. I'm your host Emre, and you are listening to episode 71. Yes, sir, we're back after two weeks of a quick hiatus. We're back with a nice win against Alanya. Today we'll be talking about Alanya, our performance at home. And we'll be talking a little bit about our Champions League game that is upcoming against Manchester United. So, today I have three co-hosts with me. Yeah, three. Not just me and maybe another guy, but three. I'm going to talk. I'm going to introduce the first one that who hasn't been back in a very long time. Uh, his country just elected the uh, Trump version <laughs> for uh, the Dutch people. Sal, are you concerned about getting deported anytime soon? How are you? Um, doing well, doing well. It has been a while. Uh, I just checked on my own sheet where I notify everyone's availability. My last time apparently was on the 6th of October. So that's been a very long time now that you think of it. One and a half months. And besides that, uh, being deported? Uh, nah, not really. I mean, I have a Dutch passport. So I hope that protects me well enough. And uh, I'll be happy to stay in this country. So... Uh I saw a lot of memes. I was, <laughs> it's funny, man. It's like I could finally make fun of you guys the way you guys made fun of me. Yes. When Trump uh, was elected. True. Because like uh, jokes aside, he is like, uh, yeah, like like you just said, he's a Dutch Trump. He's quite far right extremist. Um, he has that hairdo and everything. Yes, exactly. He, he <laughs> and he's also looking forward name? to Trump uh, winning it. Uh, his name is Geert Wilders. Or like Americans, like Americans say, like Gert Wilders or Wilders Gert or whatever. Wilders. Um, but yeah, that was uh, unexpected. But yeah, apparently the guy won. So uh, looking back for the duo between him and Trump. Yeah, I wish the best for you and your family yeah, going forward. But you said you have a passport. And with that said, going from furthest from me, we got John from Canada. Coach John, how you been, bro? Chilling, man. Chilling. Enjoyed the uh, victory yesterday. Um, I have to say, pretty, pretty lonely. I, I don't know if I, I, I mentioned, like, I'm pretty much here in the middle of the forest out in Nova Scotia. I've been here for the last couple months. So <laughs> if, if it's not for you guys that I'm texting while watching the match, you know, the, the, the vibes aren't quite the same. But, you know, you, you guys keep the excitement up for me, so... I mean, Nova Scotia's middle of nowhere, but there must be something to do out there, yeah? You're not uh, the hiking type of guy? Bro, like, the, we went to, there were some nice places. We went and, I don't know, did some exploring and stuff like that, but we're just in such a, like, remote area. It's ridiculous, man. Like, we were bored a little while ago and wanted to go to the movie theater. That's, like, an hour drive. Like, everything is minimum an hour drive. Everything. It's just, it's ridiculous, man. Where'd you go? Exactly. Oh, where, like, where are you, if I may ask? Yeah, like in a hunting cabin? Like, what What the fuck? Uh... Ba- basically, like, the place I'm staying in is, like, I don't even know if this is considered a house. Like, it's, I think it's just considered, like, a cottage. 
<laughs> so like it's 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 mad, bro. Like it's I wake up and there's like deer in the backyard and stuff. Like it's <laughs> I don't know, man. It's crazy. <laughs> but I have I think a week and a half left or something, and I'm making the roughly 19 hour drive back home. So that should be fun. But looking forward to going home, man. This I'm a little more of a city guy, you know. I mean, I don't mind the the wild, the long time, but I could imagine after what two months, it probably get pretty old. Yeah, not a movie theater in sight. Jesus, yeah, there's not nothing wrong. We have there's one grocery store here, and that's it. I bet it's like <laughs> the most basic store too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's terrible, dude. It's terrible. Like it's just boring. There's not, I, I never leave the house because there's nothing to do unless you want to go for a walk or something, right? But uh, how do you even have internet out there, bro? How are oh, you talking to it's us? A mir- it's a miracle, bro. I don't know. The, so the, the internet provider here, I think it's called Eastlink. Dude, they're doing a bang up job. I'll tell you that right now. They are doing <laughs> a bang up job providing internet to Nova Scotia. I'll just say that. I'm surprised you're not like cutting out every five minutes. Yeah, I know. You need a you need a Starlink, bro. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. I, I knew when yeah. he said Eastlink that Yasin was somehow gonna link fucking Elon <laughs> yeah. Musk. Fuck yeah. sakes, man. Nice. Well, <laughs> it's a solution, bro. <laughs> Our Mister uh, Tesla lover, Elon Musk fanboy. How are you, brother? All right, all right. For some reason, you guys just have to exaggerate everything on this podcast with me. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. You make it too easy, just so you know. Yeah, yes, you make is, it very easy. That is partially my fault, but I really don't know what else to do. Um, no, I'm doing good, man. It's it's nice to be back with you guys. It's it's nice to have four of us here. To your point earlier, you know, I feel like for the longest time, it's just been either duos or trios. It's it's gonna be nice. To, yeah, like we're playing Call of Duty, bro. We finally got the full squad. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the best way to go about it. So looking forward to it. Otherwise, A little more randoms. Doing well. Yeah. If I, if I sure. may. If I may, throw in like a off the stat type of thing. So the last time we were with the four of us was 6th of October after, uh, well, delaying the pod for I don't know how many weeks. Uh, before that was 2nd of September, but before that was like the end of July. So it, it's really rare these uh, last few, uh, or this year in general, to have four uh, on at the same time. So comic yeah, makes a lot, a lot of travels. sense. Yeah, a lot of the guys are traveling. Speaking of which, Summit isn't. Istanbul right now he he was at the game yesterday I think he's going to the United game on Wednesday as well if I remember correctly mm-hmm. he, he's with a couple listeners and stuff like that so um, if you're if you're on the Twitter be on the lookout for some live action from the games and stuff like that yeah you know I'm always jealous of how easily you European boys can go to uh, Turkey to watch a game over the weekend it's kind of I don't know. They're sweet. It blows my mind, bro. Really. Bro. It's like they take a casual vacation, you know, like they, they take a day off and be in Istanbul. Yeah. And then bro, come back and work on Monday. He doesn't even need to take off. He doesn't even need to take off. Friday, get out of yeah. work, take the next <laughs> flight, enjoy the weekend, have some authentic Turkish food, watch the game, and then come home. Like you don't yeah. even need to take off work. How fucking sick bro, is that? Y- you know, when I realized what European privilege is, that when, when we went, well, everyone except for Emre, basically, when we went to Istanbul. Uh, Sali was like, we were booking tickets and Sali was like, oh, I can't remember what the airline was. I think it was Pegasus. And Sali was like, oh, I have a, I have a voucher or something like that took money off the price. And then he sends a screenshot of the price for the flight and it was like 40 euro or something. <laughs> and I was no like, way. Okay, I it was, was like, cheaper, but not 40 euros, bro. It was, uh, I think, bro- around 70 or 80. 
Yeah, something oh, shit, bro. Tomato, tomato, bro. Bro, something insane. When I saw that, I realized, damn, bro, that is European privilege right there. Wallah, I would be going every weekend if that was the case, bro. I swear. Bro, it costs us like a grand minimum. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. Unless we want to take like three stops. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and makes the flight like two days long. Yeah. I've always been jealous of that. Always, man. But. Bro, for me to go into New York City and back from where I live, it's like nearly 40 bucks round trip. <laughs> Think yeah, about bro. it. This motherfucker's going to bucks? fucking Turkey for yeah. double that. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Wait, what? Wait, Yasin, now I want to know that of co- too. Of, of course, what, what of course I don't. Bucks of, of, course, of course, I don't pay 40 bucks each day. I have a monthly ticket, so I can go anytime back and forth. As many times as I want, but if you genuinely want to go from one like the end of Long Island into <laughs> New York City, it's like depending on what zone you're in, it's anywhere between like sixteen and twenty dollars one way, and that takes it's about an hour to an hour and a half trip on the train, so it's forty bucks round trip. That yeah, is, and how long is your trip? For me, from my place, yeah. it's like door to door, it's like an hour and forty minutes. That's like half of Saudi's country, bro. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's a long trip for people in the Netherlands. For me, that's bro, my I fucking would... commute. <laughs> 45 minute drive? Oh, hell no. That's too far, man. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's like minimum of some people's uh, drive to work. Yeah, just yeah. one way. Yeah. Like I work from home, but if I were to drive to work, it'd take like 40 minutes. Yeah. The driving that uh, John's going to do back to home, that 19 hour oh, trip is it, what Saudi drives in probably a year. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Wait, Sally, if, if Sally, if you drove nineteen hours, where would that bring you? <laughs> Turkey, probably. Yeah. No, not Turkey. No, no. Look, most Turks in the Netherlands uh, do go by car to Turkey, but nineteen hours, I don't think brings you to Turkey. I think brings you like to Serbia. Or Dude, whatever. that is so ins- pre- that is mad, <laughs> bro. Sally, you just made like my stomach is hurting now after that, bro. Like that is crazy, dude. Holy shit. That's nope. like three states for us, bro. That's like nothing. <laughs> bro, like think of it. I live in the south of the country, right? And gas prices over here are like pretty insane. I drive like 30 minutes to go to Belgium and then gas over there, which saves me like 40 cents a liter. Oh my it's, like, God, insane. dude. Yeah, that's Gotta mad. get an electric car, bro. What yeah. do you want to say? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, no, not really. But. <laughs> yeah, also wants that commission. Nah, like yeah. the thing with electric cars, okay, maybe we're going a bit too off topic, but like you, you're. We don't really have those tax ben- tax benefits anymore. They can't stop that. Also, mm-hmm. cars are taxed based on their weight. And well, electric cars oh, kind of do weight a lot. Yeah, they they weigh like tons, yeah, yeah, yeah. tons because of the batteries. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in England, it's on emission, but in Netherlands, for some reason, it's on weight. That's why everyone drives in a fucking you know soda can, so to say. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so electric cars is a no go for most people. And Nasa. Let's yeah. uh, talk about the game. Let's man. electric. Let's charge our energy into the Alanya game. So before the Alanya game, do you guys have any uh, information, any news you guys want to talk about? There's <clears> some <throat> news that uh that I keep seeing, but I'm like not interested at all about talking. Like mm. the whole scandal with Fatih Tatum, some ex players mm. from Galatasaray and Fenerbahce, they got scammed. Like they oh, got into yeah. like some sort of Ponzi scheme, some <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like they gave money, yeah, like millions and millions of dollars to a bank, and they just got scammed. That's Bro, so I don't know how accurate this 
like I saw this post on on Twitter. I'm not sure how accurate it was, but they showed like the figures apparently of like what each player invested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that, but bro, I saw yeah. some of them. Ar- Arda yeah, got yeah. fucked, bro. Arda Turan, yeah. I think, was like seven and a half million. I think yeah, it was yeah. USD. The chart was in, bro. Yeah, it's I, all I, USD. I thought I saw like fourteen, but either way, that's that's a ton of money, <laughs> yeah. Man. Like, dude, he got <laughs> wrecked. Like, bro, what? <laughs> like, dude, what? Are, what are you doing? Like, I, to invest that amount of money, are you like, how is it even possible you're being scammed, bro? Like, and and. Bro, he did it for a twenty percent return. Yeah, like, yeah. That's not even that crazy to go ahead and you know invest seven and a half million. Yeah, bro, it, it blows my mind. It's twenty twenty three. Let's say twenty twenty, whenever the fuck they did it, that people are still falling for these bullshit ass frauds. Like, there is so much in our history of people getting fucked by Ponzi schemes and fraud. That you would imagine that like you you've heard of it or you've you've been advised to be careful. If somebody is telling you something that is too good to be true, where you're gonna make money no matter what at returns higher than the average <laughs> by margins, like you have to sit down and think to yourself, why? Like, am I really that special that I know this and nobody else knows this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. And I'm looking, I'm looking at the, I found the post I was looking at and like, dude, I, it, it, I can't even, it's just crazy. Like, Salchuk, he's almost up to two mil. <laughs> Semikaya is like 3.2 mil. Like, but, Sam is the only one that got any returns, by the way. Oh, is that right? No, Fati yeah. Tedim got returns too, bro. That's the worst part of it all. Like, Fati Tedim, is the guy that introduced, if I remember correctly, <laughs> is the guy who introduced all these players to this, to this fucking yeah, Ponzi so, so scheme. Bro, no wonder they they fucking believed it. If Fatih Terim's like bringing it to the table, obviously, bro. Like, dude, basically, had, trust me, bro. Bro, it's legit. Fatih Terim, he had a man like Emre Cholak uh, investing three point two mil, bruh. Three? How does that even happen? Where does he? Where did he even get that money? By the way, bro, three point two USD. Like what? Wait, is it? Does this confirm that Fati Tatum or is the one that convinced all these players? It's it's pretty much like what's discussed. I don't know to what extent any of this has been proven technically, yeah. but Ben Arbacha bias, no, innocent until no. proven guilty. <laughs> I mean, bro, that's that's nuts to me, man. And it's just crazy how he's the one that like has left this unharmed while all of his boys got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. That's that's why I also read like the speculation on why like plays like Seljuk and you know the others have become like assistant managers or just, you know, under him as a way to I don't know, I guess repay mm, for what he did mm, back. I didn't think but I don't it's it's interesting, it would be very coincidental, but I, I personally don't buy that. Yeah. Fatih said him did like go through thick and thin to get Arda Turan in the squad back in the day when the United team didn't want him to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And of, uh, if, if that's true that Fatih Terim did bring this to the table, the, bro, like the total invested amount was 43 million, almost 44 million American dollars, bro. Like the state of that is, I can't even believe that, bro. That's just crazy to me. You know, they did it with a bank too. So it's like there's got to be some sort of insurance, but it's Turkey. No, I think it was with like a banker is like how they describe it. I don't think they Mm -hmm. did it with like a major bank or anything like that. It was just like some 
some advisor is how some I, chick I, but like I, I refuse to believe they're gonna believe one person and just like throw their money into one person like think, that easily i think you, we're also you, forgetting you think so bro <laughs> yeah i think we're also forgetting that they're footballers in the end like they're not necessarily like uh i would how would you put it like educated people not to sound uh, too yeah uh, no, that's they true. come from poor backgrounds right i mean yeah it can happen even though you're rich doesn't mean you're smart no, that that's that's correct. Like even in America, you know, NFL players, uh, NBA players, they make millions of dollars, and so many of them end up bankrupt like years after retirement because they didn't spend their money properly. One, and they just didn't save or they invested it in the wrong places. So, I guess Arda and Co are not the only examples. But you just got to be smarter, man. They have so many connections of wealthy people. You would imagine that they're advised better than that. No. I guess not. Yeah. Well, the person who is advising well is Okan Buruk, guys. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let's segment. get into the match, bro. Let's, yeah. Oh, John, take us back. Take us into the game, if you can. All right. Show us what we were missing through our eyes. John, right. tell us the stats. This is going to be John's favorite <laughs> lineup to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well... Yeah, you're correct. Anyways, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just get into it then. Um, <clears throat> this is round thirteen of the Super League. We were, uh, like Emre mentioned, we were home to Alanya. Um, this one finished four 0 I'll go through the starting eleven, which sort of brings me to what Yasin was talking about. We'll, we'll get into that. So, of course, we had Muslera <laughs> in goal. Our backline was. A little bit different. We had Sasha Boy, Davison Sanchez, Khan Ihan was starting in the back line instead of Abdul Kerim, who apparently, when I initially saw it, I thought maybe he was just tired, you know, after the international break and stuff like that. Apparently he picked up a little injury in the training the day before. And, you know, we didn't we didn't want to risk him before the United match. So we have Khan in the starting lineup, Kazim John left back, Lucas Torreira, and Dombele starting uh beside Torreira, who uh, seems like he was on a pretty strict sort of routine in the international break to try to get ready. So he he uh, entered the starting 11. And then we had Zaha, Mertens, Badish, and Icardi. And notice how I didn't mention Kerem's name there. Kerem was not in the starting 11. I couldn't believe it. You know, you know, sometimes when the starting 11 comes out and like you read through the names a couple times, like looking for someone just to make sure that like you didn't skip over them. That's mm-hmm. what I did when I didn't see Kerem's Man, name. Man, I had to double take. I said, bro, it can't be. Like, there's no way he's not in this lineup. And he wasn't. So that was a surprise. Um, we had... Uh, so our man of the match was Mertens. He had two goals and assist. Uh, Sofa score and Fatma basically gave him the same uh, rating, which was a 9.4, followed by Akardi, who had the next best score um, of uh, nine on Sofa score and actually 9.4 as well on foot mob. He had a goal and two assists. Um, I'll just go through some stats quickly and then we can get into the game. So we had 63% possession. We had an XG of 3.81, 27 total shots, 11 on target uh, and four goals, like I said. So yeah, this was a nice victory, I think. And actually kind of Maybe not surprising, but kind of refreshing after the international break. I feel like every single time the international break is over, it's just a shit show. It's a disaster. The game after it always feels like that. But I actually have to give credit to the team and Okan. Like, we looked ready to go for this match. We looked ready, you know, especially after 
uh, dropping points. It felt like we really needed a break to sort of regroup, uh, get our heads on straight again and, you know, keep keep marching on. And we, we looked ready, man. Like, I, I thought we looked good in the first half. Well, the whole game, first half specifically, I thought we looked really good. Team looked like they were vibing. Um, we uh, we got a, a goal in the 37th minute from Acardi and 45th minute from Mertens. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what, what you guys thought. I, I'd like to talk about uh, both Acardi and Mertens and Dombele at some point. But uh, what, what did you guys think? To, to just quickly discuss the change in the lineup and what that meant for us viewers watching the game. I thought having Mertens in the midfield, you know, the creative piece between our wingers behind Icardi made the world's difference in terms of our structure. And after that, how our wingers were able to play as well, how Icardi was able to play as well. It is so crucial that the person that is in the middle of that triangle in our attack plays his role properly and according to maybe some of the better players around him in this case Icardi and Zaha um I, I'm really curious what you guys think about this as well but the fact that we had Mertens there instead of Kerem it allowed Zaha to play like Zaha that we knew and we saw at Crystal Palace it allowed Icardi to roam in that in that attack more freely instead of having to worry about maybe Kedem is going to be on his ass half the time. Barish Alperyilmaz, we already know he likes to play wide. So that was really not an issue. That's what I like about Barish as opposed to maybe Ziyech or, you know, Kedem on the wing. But um, I thought the guys, even though they're not very familiar with one another, given that Mertens hasn't played in a long time, given that Ndombele started, I believe, for the first time, especially in this specific second lineup. But, oh, second yeah, specific time. lineup. Yeah, in terms of like the teammates around him, I thought we looked really good. And I don't know if I want to give 100% credit to Okan Buruk here because Dries Mertens was the brain of the pitch today because he really allowed everybody else to play the way that they should. But credit to Okan Buruk as well to say, here's an opportunity for me to rest a couple players because number one, they deserve it. Number two, they need it. But also try something, you know? He didn't need to play... Uh, and Dombele there. He didn't need to necessarily play Mertens there. We had Ziyech available as well. So um, I really liked this lineup. I thought it worked really well. Of course, it's a one-game sample size. And, you know, is the next game going to be the most accurate way to make a decision given against it's against United? But I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I am curious what you guys thought about it as well. Sorry, why don't you... Uh take the lead from here because I actually missed the game and I had to the opportunity to watch with like zero stress and I can like hyper focus so <laughs> nah, ahead, just, yeah, yeah just just like the guys has mentioned previously I found this a very stress free game no butt clenching needed um, um, before the first goal even fell like Icardi did have more opportunities to score one in right like I think in the eighth minute or whatever, ninth. Uh, and Dombele gave a nice through ball again to Cardio, who just unfortunately, after passing the keeper, hit the post. Like, the message that the team gave us to go basically all out from minute one was really nice to see, especially since we have to face United in a few days. Um, uh, on Wednesday, that is. Um, I, I really just liked how we played the, the first half I, like Alanya never really came out and did anything like in the first half I can only remember 
us being like sloppy for sl- like for a split second. Uh, they gave like a long ball from the I think the right side of the pitch. It actually could have gone in, uh, to be fair. But it's just in general, I I really liked uh, the way we played. Like and Dombele who came in, who showed well what he got, especially after uh, some of the slurs he got. You know, seeing the guy in training basically not moving at all. And uh, <laughs> Dombele, Mr. <laughs> you guys remember that, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, butter starting, which was refreshing. Kazmjan, I mean. I want to say something really nice about him, but I feel like he just started because we just needed an extra Turkish player. So, yeah. Pretty there much. he goes. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so, all in all, I really liked it. And the, the thing I liked most, just if I have to put something in general, is the body of work everyone put in. There was not really a single player that I found to be lackluster or lazy, so to say. Like, everyone really mm-hmm. went for it, even though we were up like 1 or 2 nil, And even though we did see that Alanya were not going to like bring anything to the table. We still went pretty much all out on it. And that's something I really, uh, yeah, like from our side, you know, I think the, the fans in the end can be really happy about the performance, despite the result, because that's something that we've said about Galsai um, under Orkan as well, that yes, the results are there, but maybe the play style wasn't really there. And this, this game checks both boxes, in my opinion. That's a really good point. Before, Emma, you go ahead. I, I do want to emphasize that as well. We've seen in the past where, you know, coming back from international break is difficult. A league game, a domestic league game ahead of a Champions League game is difficult. So we were in a, you know, historically looking, a difficult game. Um, there's pressure, as always. And the guys gave their all. We've seen in the past where we have a Champions League game midweek. We get the lead uh, in our domestic game, and then all of a sudden, people just you know they they lose focus. We I think we encountered that I forget which game it was before, but not that long ago, we got the lead at halftime, and in the second half, we just looked you know like we didn't care. The guys looked like they were focusing on the next game, and Okamburuk even said this after the game last time around. So we didn't see that this time, which was a breath of fresh air. I really enjoyed that. That means we kind of talked about the problem from last time and worked on it. We really addressed the issue so it doesn't happen again. So that was, that's a good point, Sally. I, I liked seeing that as well. And Okan Burek's special, I might add. Addressing problems when he, sees, when he sees them. But yeah, good points by all of you guys. As someone that saw the game afterwards, like two hours after the game finished, this was like my initial thoughts. Basically, Mertens is everything that this team needs. What we were saying, me and John in particular, we did say a lot. We emphasized that Kerem is not a number 10. He will never be a number 10, but that's not his fault. Because Kerem is hardwired to just go straight, straight, straight into the box. Just think attack mode. Kerem does not think about his other teammates, how I can be of assistance, how I can play them on, how I can get the team rolling into the box as a team. He hyper-focuses... Icardi, it's like Icardi is a heat missile for him or something like that. He just hyper-focused everything around Icardi. Meanwhile, Mertens, when I saw him play yesterday, Mertens is always somewhere on the pitch where he can be of assistance, whether it's on the right wing, left wing, he comes into midfield to help press. Kenham doesn't do majority of those things. Sometimes he does, but he doesn't do it well. He's not always an option. And that's why we sometimes have a lot of issues playing out 
a proper set game. Now, another person that we need to really address is Zaha. Zaha has scored in his last three games in the Super League, uh, coming in clutch. And this game in particular, I think he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he's improving ever so slightly every game. And that's making me very happy. I think what's keeping him back is Cosm John. I don't think we really touched on Cosm John. He is not a Galatasaray player. I'm sorry to say this. Like, I know it's a little harsh, a little maybe cold-hearted, but like, he's missing so many, like, basic stuff that you need to have in a left back. Like, he cannot do simple passes to his teammates. Like, his crossing is horrible. Like, the amount of times that Zaha wanted to get a ball from him and he's just not able to see him, or maybe in Dobele, it's annoying. And one thing I wanted to touch on is Nelson. I don't know if you guys probably didn't notice this, but ever since he came on for Sanchez, who was, oh, like, again, really good, Nelson started imitating Sanchez. What I saw was every time Alanya players try to get the ball, Nelson started going and, like, aggressively, you know, holding them back, don't, not letting them move, trying to get the ball from them. Before, Nelson would just try to like keep the area around them and like try to be a nuisance that way, but he wasn't as aggressive. And now I can see that he's trying to imitate Sanchez in in a way. And this shows me that he wants to be the first player for this team. And and Khan Ihan, man, I remember last year when he first came, I everybody was like, nah, what is this? But now he's probably Okan Hoja's most important player. He plays in almost every position. And um, I think the last person I want to touch on pers- personally is Budish Ipad. I don't know what it is with this kid. Sometimes he drives me crazy. Sometimes he makes me very proud for him to be playing. Like, I saw a statistic somewhere that said we had one of the, like, best games in terms of uh, turnover rate. Like, not letting the, like, getting the ball back. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with Budish Ipad because, like, this kid is just physically gifted and did just did not let that right wing breathe at all along with Sasha Bowie so yeah, even like my, even later in the game right like this guy is still sprinting at full speed like, still sprinting still doing everything he needs to do and he's still running I, he's improving a lot I gotta say he's like the one thing he started doing in my opinion is actually stopping and assessing what's going on he's not like <laughs> tunnel visioning tunnel visioning non-stop and that's probably one of the biggest improvements he can make because that was one of our biggest complaints it's like he has the shot he has the, the the dribbling technique but he just doesn't have the vision sometimes he just needs to be like i don't know someone needs to teach him like bro chill for two seconds and then see what your options are All, instead of just going head first into every player that you see but yeah so the only person I kind of left out here is Icardi, and I want to leave Icardi to you guys, our Mr. Uh, Turkish bracelet-wearing man. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I can, before we get to Icardi, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but I I do have a lot to say about Merton slash Kerem, mm-hmm. and um, I just I want to just give my piece on that because um, there, there's just honestly there, <laughs> there's there's a lot to say about it. So I think. Finally, 
everyone can see the difference that a player makes in that position that actually knows how to play the position and it's actually yeah. their position like Mertens is just everywhere man I don't know how he's doing this at his age he is all over the pitch man like it feels like every single attack we make is running through Mertens at in, in some way it's just unbelievable like he plays the ball on the ground, like in behind the back line, over the top, switches the play. He's uh, like, he makes quick combinations. He can keep possession. Like, it's just so ridiculous. He's shooting from outside the box, making runs into the box. It's just, it's absolutely unbelievable. When we, He's a smart player. Genius, honestly. Exactly. He's, he's just such a smart player. We lose the ball. He's pressing to win the ball back. Torreira starts pressing. Mertens is pressing from the other end. Like, it's just, it's just, it's so crazy the difference he makes. And I want to go back to, uh, if I go back to September 30th and look at our results from there, right? September 30th, I think, is the first time Kerem moved into that position, right? I'm, I'm going to just say the scores, okay? 2-1, 3-2, 2-0, 2-1, 3-1 loss against Bayern. 1-0, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1. Like you have these games, these are all one goal games, two goal games, max, right? And I was arguing saying he, every time he's in a goal scoring position, it, he's putting it over the net. Like it was driving me crazy. Everyone knows. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Two yards, Men three yards, four yards, five yards archive. away. <laughs> he, he's, he's sending the ball over. Doesn't matter what the scenario is. Empty net, goalkeeper in the net, being pressed, no pressure. The ball's going over the net. And everyone's like, yeah, but John, he's creating chances. He creates chances. He puts us in so many goal-scoring opportunities. But where's the goals, though? I don't see any goals. We're scoring one or two goals a game against Istanbul Sport, Manchester United, Bayern Munich. Like, it's literally one or two goals a game, right? I mean, this is Alanya Sport, to be fair. It's not like a big test. Yeah, like but we also played Ankara Gücü, Istanbul Sport, Rize, Custom Pasha, like these are all dog water teams. They were all one goal games, basically <laughs> two one wins. We had a lot of XG that like, like what, what was the biggest complaint for us? We're getting into positions, but we can't convert, and that's basically the only issue Kedem's having right now is converting. And like you said, Mertens is everywhere. Like the first goal, how did it come? Sasha Bowie gave it to Mertens on the right wing, and he took it and crossed it into Icardi. When have you ever seen Kedem do that? Yeah. Kedem likes to play from the middle. He doesn't take the ball and go from the wings himself these days, which is, I think, his biggest issue. I would love to see him play on the left wing, but you got Zaha there. So, I don't know. Kenham kind of got screwed because he was doing fine on the left wing. Like, scoring every game. Not every game, but assisting and scoring. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. ten, what was it? Nine goals and ten assists last season? That's a good, that's a good amount, bro. Yeah. Like, he has to play on the right. Or he's not gonna play. Like it's a, it, that's literally it. It's as simple as the that. The right is saturated, bro. You have Tete Ziesch and Bai on that right wing. There's no way he's gonna play. See, see, like the thing is though, is that okay? You you were on the bench for uh 74 minutes. Okay, you're on the bench for 74 minutes, and when he entered the game, it was four nil. So I really hope he can sit and watch and say to himself, "Wow, like." You know, uh, of course, Alanya is not the most challenging opponent and we're at home, but they kind of don't need me to score goals. Like, Mertens is all over the pitch. Zaha has a goal and an assist. Akardi has a goal and two assists. Mertens has two goals and an assist, right? So, 
And, and that's what I was calling for a few weeks ago. I was like, if I was Okan and he's missing these chances, right on the bench. You can watch the game, bro, because we have no time for you to be putting the ball over the net in the Champions League from six yards away several times. We have no time for that, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have put him right on the bench. You can watch the game and you can watch Mertens running amok all over this pitch and you can decide when you want to come back and play because this isn't the hand-holding business. I said that before. So I hope he saw this and said, wow, I, I, I need to increase my level here in order to get into this team because we, we have players that will play in any position at the 10 and the winger. We have players that can do like, you know, we, we don't really need him, even though he's a good player. And I think from, I think players get into the mentality sometimes where they're like, no, nah, this is my position. They get a little too comfortable, right? And think no matter how they play, they're, they're never going to be benched. And I'm not saying well, that's right. what happened to Kerem, but it can happen, right? Just a quick thing. Um, Okan didn't bench him particularly because he did like the goals he was missing. Apparently Kerem wanted to be benched. Like he's like, I just want to sit this game out for now. Good. Then good on him. Good on him then, bro. Yeah. Because sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that. And I'm not, and I hope he comes back. He bounces back from it. I hope because he, like on his day, he, he's a good player, but the last, I don't know how many games, bro, I, he's been unwatchable for me. And then the argument that he creates chances is not an argument for me because we only score one goal a game and not to say that's his fault, but you know, partially, partially is, I mean, not only has he been unwatchable, the team as a result, has also been yeah. unwatchable because to my point earlier, your number 10 is the most important person on your team. It's your quarterback. It's your point guard. That number 10 <laughs> what the fuck? is not, okay. not only see. a... Sali, bro, what do you mean? Um, <laughs> no, it's just those funny. Who watch different, the, yeah, the American sport references was funny. Nisa, go ahead. It's not just American. <laughs> ba- basketball is an American sport, bro. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, kind of, Nisa. I mean, when listen, you guys win, you guys call yourself world champion. I'm Nisa. <laughs> bro, Sally Ooh. cracks me up, bro. Listen, you're number 10. You're ex- he's expected to obviously contribute in assists and goals too. But what you also need from your number 10 is to be aware of who is around you on the pitch and allow them to play their best game as well. If you look at the heat map of this game, Martins was our number 10, right? And the heat map shows you that Mertens was actually closer to the right wing, playing alongside Budish and Sasha Bowie, allowing Zaha to have all this space behind and next to him and in front of him. Icardi didn't all of a sudden pinch next to Zaha because that was needed. It wasn't. For a while, we've said Zaha is a player who needs space. We've talked about this on the last podcast, I'm pretty sure. He needs space so he can either beat players one-on-one he's one of the best in the league if not the best player in the league he showed us this yesterday multiple times i mean the amount of times that he took the ball and just destroyed two defenders at the same time i can count on maybe two hands like that's how many times he did it really well and by doing this as well not only did you let zaha play to his strengths you also help budish and sacha in their weaknesses which is sometimes that creativity that pass that linking pass Budish is an outstanding pace merchant. He's very strong, but sometimes his his final passes, his ability to link up with Icardi and the other players on the pitch is questionable. Sacha is an amazing defender. He be, he beats defend uh you know wingers on his side. He can bring the ball up, but sometimes his crosses or his passes inside is questionable. When you bring a guy like Martins next to them, who contributes to their strengths as well as somebody who puts a lot of pressure, if I'm 
Alanya Spar, my left side at this point is shot because I'm having to deal with Sacha Bowie, I'm having to deal with Budish and Mertens. Now you have a combination of very, you know, skillful players defending wise. They know they're disciplined. All three of them are disciplined. All three of them know how to put pressure. And together, they know how to make plays happen. Look at our first goal. Every single one of those three players touched the ball. I think it was Sacha Bowie who passed it to Barish. Barish who played the simple through ball to Mertens. And Mertens who played the beautiful cross to Icardi. Very simple goal that you want to see at least every other game. Because it's something that we have the skill to do. In this case, we exemplified it. And how many times, I love this, and I don't want to go without talking about it, that Mertens received the ball on the right side and immediately switched it to either Kazimjan or more often Zaha. Because you know how these Turkish league teams are. Wherever the ball is, they, they put pressure, they swarm that side. And a lot of these Turkish teams, they don't have the discipline or skill to be able to say, okay, let me make sure all my sides are covered. So when Merton switches that ball to Zaha, Zaha has even more space to all of a sudden attack their right back or play a ball to Icardi. Zaha not only scored yesterday, but he created so many chances. And that just, that just adds to the threat. When Kedem was playing, Zaha was not able to do this because Kedem and Icardi were basically sharing that striker position. Kedem was all over the place as, a wing, as our number 10. And it just made that left side way too confined. Zaha was not able to play the way that he wanted to. And also, if I can just add to your yeah. like, uh, Mertens actually just opens up space for the players, and whereas Keram invades your space. I see this a lot. I see this in the Militakum as well. Keram does this. It's not that he does it like does it on purpose. It's yeah. just he's just striker minded. He wants to be the one that scores. Right. So, for example, on Zaha's goal, if you like hyper focus on Mertens, he's dragging a defender with him to the left side. Right. So Zaha could cut into the right into that open space that Merton just created to, you know, have a clean shot at goal. Meanwhile, Keran would probably just try to go into the box from the right side and then Zaha would have no opening. That's the difference between Keram and um, Mertens. That's the difference between a striker and a midfielder, right? And that's funny because Mertens wasn't even a midfielder, a number 10, as like his role throughout his life. Just a left winger sometimes playing as false nine as well. Yep. So mm -hmm. it just goes to show how like truly talented he is. You just He's see not Napoli's legend for no reason. Yeah, top up? scorer, top scorer of uh, Napoli. Um, no, yeah, with Mertens, you can... Like we guys said before, you can just see the experience difference, right? Like Kerem, first of all, like we said before, isn't a 10 to start with. But even when he played, you can just see that he, okay, not only invades space, but he just lacks the composure. He just, I don't know, he just plays in like a stressed way or whatever. Like too much responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say on the kid, well, he's 25. He's not really a kid necessarily, but um, it's just, it's not suited for him. It's It's better for him to... Like 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 was before on the wing, take on a player here and there, and uh, from that way, you know, link up with a card like he did before. It the tasks are just easier; it's the easier job for him, um, and that just brings out more out of him. Uh, the the problem, of course, is that Mertens is just uh, you know a bit on the older side. So, what do we do then if Mertens doesn't play? Like the Karam experiment, I would say, is kind of finished. 
who then we then employ at 10. That's Ziesh. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess so, but he also hasn't really set the world on fire. I'm also not really impressed well, by him so far, but really yeah, I think the complete opposite of you. I think he's improving more and more. Tete ate like three of his assists when they were playing together. Mm. I gotta say, I I see a lot of potential in Ziesh. Like his vision is insane. Yeah. Like absolutely ridiculously insane. Uh and Ziesh. Give, give him time. I think he'll he'll fit in that role quite well. Agreed, 100%. I think you need to give him time. I think he needs to find his position in this team. He's still, he was one of the last guys to join the team. He, I believe, had an injury. And then he had multiple injuries throughout his time here as well in a short period of time. Nothing drastic, but still, he hasn't found his groove yet. And you see it on the pitch too. Sometimes his touches are not where you expect them to be. But his general vision of the field and being able to make the correct pass at the right time with the right weighting of the pass is is world class and that's a player that you want to give the extra time to figure out you know we we've given Kedem a lot of patience and i understand okamburuk you know why he was trying to make Kedem play that position but i think he gave more time than was needed um maybe uh, he was buying time Buying, Maybe that's the case. I, I don't know about that one. What was he buying time for? Mertens has been there. He hasn't been injured. He he has shown us what he can do at number 10 for the longest time. And he That was in the first game he played, though. The games that he did come in, he sometimes did not prove like, you know, to be a great asset. You know, there have been games where it's like, oh, Mertens is old. Let's get rid of uh, you know, it's time that he goes. I've seen this multiple times from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's it's not far-fetched to say. And I mean, listen, throughout the season, the coach is going to try different formations. Sometimes it doesn't click right away. In this case, we have many very good players that joined us late, so it's even more difficult for the coach. What I saw yesterday was something that worked really, really, really well. And I think it will work against Alanyaspor. I think it could work against United. I think it can work against Fenerbahce. It's a system that we played yesterday and everybody reinforce each other's weaknesses and strengths and i'd like us to build on that i don't want us to all of a sudden switch swap players like kerem and martins and assume and think that it's going to work the same way again it's it's not that simple so um you know if i if i can jump in uh i my thoughts about ziesh is like exactly in between what yasin and emre and what sali is saying like uh, in the technical field, like he's top, bro. Ziesh is yeah, just definitely. top, 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 top. But what, where he's not convincing me is, I don't, I, I don't see him. Like I'm not convinced that he actually, like, really wants to, wants to play and compete at this level or to play mm-hmm. for Galatasaray. Like I'm just not seeing that. Like when I look at Zaha, bro, he'll do anything to win. He'll do anything to win, bro. There's nothing, Wilfred Zaha. Like, he'll just do anything. Ziyech is like, I don't know. I see more motivation when he's with his national team than when he's playing club football. Like, I don't know what it is. He just looks uninterested to me. I mean, he's won everything, so doesn't really care at this point, to be quite frank. And I see the same in Endobele, to be honest. I guess. Like, I guess that, I guess he doesn't have the same motivation that Zaha has because he's, like, Zaha's coming from Crystal Palace and he wants to compete at Champions League level and stuff like that. But, like... 
I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I see Ziyech, his vision is amazing. He can put the ball on a dime. Like, he can shoot from outside the box. His, his dribbling is good. Like, I, like Yasin said, sometimes he'll have, like, a questionable pass or a quest, questionable touch or something like that. But I'm not I'm not so much worried about those things. I'm just a little worried about how bad he wants to play football at this level. So, I, I guess I guess we'll, we'll have to see. But the difference I see in that aspect between him and Zaha is like it's night and day, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Well, if Ziyech doesn't work, maybe Icardi will work. Because in this game, what I also noticed was Icardi was constantly in the midfield distributing balls for the team as well when Mertens was not available as an option. Um, yeah, we kind of glanced over Cardi quite a bit this <laughs> this pod, which is surprising because this man has a goal and two assists. Uh, again, enough words cannot be said. And this is not, I don't even think Icardi is in his final form yet. <laughs> and But guys, we have one of the best strikers and Real Madrid can eat it. I was about nowhere. to say, he's linked yeah. to Real Madrid apparently. Yeah, they can't eat us. So, They're not getting him. <laughs> so Icardi, I, I, I love that Icardi plays for the team, man. I, I don't know what you guys think about it. You guys think maybe he should be a little bit more selfish and just roam the box a little more, or I don't know, but I just love when strikers are more involved with the midfield, trying to help distribute the game. Because, like, I've heard people say this a lot. The defenders can't follow you straight into the midfield. Right, so you can actually be like that extra man in midfield at a certain point, and it just helps your team, and it just it helped us a lot. He had this one pass in like the dying minutes to Ziyech at the outside of his boot. Crazy! That was insane, bro. bro that, insane. That was some Schneider would be proud. Bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> he can do it all, bro. Ma- bro, he Mauro can do Cardi, it. Yeah. He can do it all. He can score from inside the box, outside the box, with his head, with his right foot, with his left foot. He can assist. He can play the ball through. He can break down lines. Like, it, 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 like it's just, it's, it, he's just such a crazy player. He can literally do anything, bro. He can score off a corner. Like, his attitude, like, he loves Galstra. He loves Turkey. Like, that much is clear. He's made that much yeah. clear. He looks motivated that he wants to succeed with us. Like, he can literally do it all. Of course... Like we were discussing on the last pod, whether he was injured or whether he was just in bad form, like at the end of the day, of course, that's going to happen. Like, you know, if if he plays five seasons with us, let's say there's going to be patches in all five of those seasons where he has some bad form. Of course. He might be struggling. Of Of course. Right. But dude, he can do it all. He drops into the midfield to receive the ball. Like it's just, it's crazy, man. He's just such a complete player. And like, just think about it. When you sort of surround him with guys like Mertens, Zaha, Ziyech, Tete, Kerem, whoever the other winger may be, I just think that it's kind of a matter of time that we find the winning formula and, like, those players just start coming together. And I'm seeing it slowly, bro. Like, I'm mm-hmm. seeing that, especially in this Alanya match. I'm seeing it come together. Like, I'm seeing Zaha cooking with Akardi. Mertens in the mix, like <laughs> them including that other right winger. I'm seeing it coming to fruition. So everything takes time, you know. Of this course, is what I've been course, trying to course. say. You guys gotta give Okan time. I I said he's experimenting still. People didn't believe me, but he is. Um, one thing I wanted to say, man, we're four nil up and dude, what is combo thinking at this point? This man is probably <laughs> very unhappy. 
It's 4-0 up, and this man, Akardi, still does not want to get off the pitch. I don't, I don't think he is necessarily like very unhappy or whatever. At the end of the day, the person that's ahead of him in the pecking order is Icardi. And Icardi, which you guys just perfectly described, is Galsai in and out. And if Icardi wants to play, he's going to play. And when he's like, come playing... Come on, let the guy pay to play like 10 minutes. Listen, the, Icardi just also returned from an injury. And if he, if he felt fine... He's going to want to finish the game. Like, you can't say anything about that. Yes, he, Bakamba could have played a little bit longer, but I I didn't really think much of it, honestly. You you bring it up, but, you know, Bakamba's there for when Icardi can't play. Not Exactly. Not, you know, He's just depth. It's just depth. There's a like, thing there's called no match, de- match fitness, match ready. This guy barely plays if oh, I expect him to he be. Barely, he barely plays, but he got on against Bayern Munich and he scored a nice goal when we needed it. <laughs> bro, Bayern was like, that was like, they were dead, bro, at that time. Like, you know, Bakambu. What do you Bacombo mean? Bakambu went into the back line and just like, it, it doesn't I matter. think it he was scored. a lucky goal, bro. No, that's not fair, bro. I, I thought it was a nice goal. He, it was a strike. It was a nice finish. goal, but it's still... It's like, I don't know, like all he did was run straight, like <laughs> connecting with the team, making sure the chemistry is there in the match, you know, like th- that stuff like that. I agree. But at the same time, we just basically right before that, at the 74th minute, we essentially rotated our entire front line, except for Icardi. In my opinion, you can even make an argument saying that it's better Icardi stayed. So the rest of the guys know how to play with Icardi and Icardi knows how to play with them. So, bro, 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 you the, you guys are missing the whole point. When Bakambu scored, you know who who like was trying to defend that? Oh my, Kim Min Jae. Oh, yes. He got burned. Like it's Kim Min Jae, <laughs> of course, bro. It's not about Bakambu. It's about Kim Min Jae, bro. He just got fucking torched. Like, and how many t- <laughs> how, how many times did Icardi score against Kim Min Jae that game? Bro, bro, Kim Min Jae had no good performance in those two games. Like, come on, like even Kedem, <laughs> even Kedem, bro, turned him inside out on that one play, but. <laughs> if you can. <laughs> um, could have finished. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, on, on Bakambu, all I wanted to say was, look, I would understand it more if, you know, if Bakambu was, I don't know, age 22 or whatever, and you want to give uh, the kid some time to develop. But he's already like, like 30 plus. He's literally just there in case Icardi ever gets, or ever. I mean, he just got injured, but if he gets injured again or whatever, I don't really think uh he needs you know playing time there's no need to but but like i was you guys, more you, yeah go i was ahead, more go thinking ahead, yeah i was more thinking about look i don't like him or whatever but like like can can't halil even get a sniff at the team i know he's not that good or whatever but he's at least younger there's still something to develop there potentially and yeah. after this point i also want to uh talk a bit about angelino and about his situation but uh yeah let's maybe see that's what about, i was uh, gonna go into but yeah, go ahead, John. No, but just very quick, just one point about Bakambu. Like something that we should remember as well is that when when we bring players in, like of course you're you're gonna sit down with the player, someone like Bakambu. I think he's thirty two or thirty three, and you're gonna say, "Listen, this is the team that we have. This is where we're going. This is what we're trying to do. And where do you fit in? We want you to play this certain role." You know, like if we went in and promised Bakambu that he was going to be our starting striker, then of course that's a problem. But surely Bakambu would have had to have known coming in that his role in this team is you need to be that guy, whether, you know, when Akardi can't play, 
whether he's suspended, maybe we're in a situation where we need to add a second striker into the match. That's your role, you know, and you got to be happy with that. If you're not happy with that, then you, you can't agree and sign with us, you know? So he's basically here to play the Turkish cups, Turkish cup games. I think I'm, that's, that's I mean, basically it, and if that. he agreed to that, if he's okay with that, then that's great because that's what we're looking yeah. for. We, we went out into the market and tried, we tried to find a quality player that would play that role. And the stage that Bakambu's in his career, I'm assuming that was fine for him, right? And he accepted that. So it'll be funny if that actually comes, like Turks Cup comes, and Icardi still wants to play every game. Yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> and I won't be surprised if he continues to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. The, the dude's here to score goals. That's what he loves doing. That's what yeah. he feeds off of. So yeah, go, go for uh, it. Yeah. So. Uh, you guys mentioned that we have something good, some good synergy, some good teamwork. Do you think Okan Buruk will keep the same streak going with this squad against the United game, transitioning over to the United game? What do you guys think? Um, Tali, you were mentioning Angelina. Do you think Okan Buruk will play him? Because I think the reason he's not playing him is for that whole, you know, Mentoria, playing him two more games. Yeah. The buy clause, yeah. That's actually a very good question. I was thinking about it. Like, would we actually play him? Because we all, uh, what did you say, right? He only has two games before we have to decide. Something uh, like that. That's what's being said. I'm not sure. I'm also not 100% entirely. sure, but I do know that for for now at least, you know, the purchase price being 6 million, I think, it's it's too much. Like so far, he has been probably, I mean, I don't like Ziyech, but at least he's free, you know, free loan. And if we want to keep him, he's free again, uh, which is still very bizarre to think about it. <laughs> you but, don't like Ziyech. I bet you <laughs> voted for Wilders, didn't you? <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, no, kidding, kidding. Of course I won't. <laughs> but Anglia so far just has been a flop. And I would personally, even though I'm not really like for it, I, I still think Okan would probably start Cosm John, even against Man United. Um mainly because I also wonder like who's gonna occupy the right wing. Uh because I believe they play today as of recording. United play today. There was no Anthony on the right side, which is I mean, I don't know what you guys think about Anthony. He's not really that good, but he wasn't there. Um they miss Rashford in that game as well. Uh, so perhaps, you know, Kazumjan could have a decent game because United don't really have like great attackers. I'm, like, I'm looking attackers. and it says Rashford was on the right wing and Garnacho was on the left wing. Yeah, while that's true, uh, Rashford got a red card, right? Against yeah. Copenhagen. Well, so he he's won't, not gonna he won't face be us. against our, our... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we we're not going to face him. Uh, that's why I, I probably think that Okan will... Uh, Beat Okan or the club in general just probably want to avoid that uh, by clause and still employ Cosm John. I mean, if you're Angelino, don't you think that's going to like affect you? Like, I don't know. Are they doing it as a tactic to just lower the price on his, uh, you know, by clause? That, that's what I read too. Like they're, they're basically doing this in order to like, like make it a straight loan. Where we don't have yeah. this mandatory buy option, so we can just play him, right? That's probably mm -hmm. what Anklin would want as well. And then at the end of the season, we can still decide if we want to or not. But right now, you know, with two games left, the clubs are just not convinced, and neither am I. So, yeah, uh, I, would I still imply. think he's better than Kazim John, bro. So, if you ask yeah. me, Kazim John has lost like all credibility for like Champions League football, bro. Like, I don't see any which way. Like, it's kind of a reckless decision to be putting him in there against Manchester United. Like, especially the state that the group is in right now. 
Yeah. And it seems a bit re- reckless to me. Like, I don't think he should be trusted at all for this. Okay. But, so he, but what if about- we were guaranteed second place, then I would play him. But you can't, you don't, you didn't have, you don't, you're not guaranteed anything yet. You can end up last place. But yeah, go ahead, Sai. No, what I wanted to say is, we've also seen Abdul Karim on the left uh, back spot. Like, no, please don't. More- no, 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 no. I'd rather Khan Ihan or something, bro. Or no, like just I want someone that's actual left back, not a makeshift makeshift left back, bro. But the thing is, Abdulkarim was a left back before, though. <laughs> He's played mostly left back actually in his career. He transitioned into center back later. Um, I'd rather. That's, that's I also, still uh, rather would not have him play left back. I don't know. That's just so me. So then you would take Kazim John probably, right? I'd rather like, him just let's play Angelino. But, like, but just bro, play like, are, for the Champions League. Are, yeah, are we... So you said, if if what we're claiming is true, we can play him two more times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so play him against United and Copenhagen and call yeah. it a day. Because, yeah. bro, like, I, <laughs> I'm i not trusting anyone else in the, in these big matches. Like, we have to win both games, basically. Or I guess win and tie one of them, right? Mm-hmm. But the other matches, fine, we have some options. So we may as well just use him in the last two Champions League games. And he'll be okay with that because right. like performing well in the Champions League is going to have more suitors for you versus playing in the Super League. Right, right, right. But yeah, no, what are you guys expecting from the Manchester game? You guys think we're going, like, basically, what I saw is two ties will get you out of the group. Granted, Bayern win all their remaining games as well. Um, because one win here does not guarantee anything. You still need a tie. Like, what kind of situation is that? Like, a win doesn't get you, uh, a, like, a win, um, a pass to the next round, but two draws does. So, two points gets you through, not three. That's kind of insane. Well, yeah, it's who you're playing against. <laughs> yeah, Copen, you have to not lose against Copenhagen. That's the whole, the, the whole gist of everything right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, we put ourselves in this position because of the tie against Copenhagen, which we should have won, the 2-2, and not getting a point against Bayern Munich, um, which we could have done. At that least was once. very unfortunate, though. That's But um, at least we can say that our play is deserving of points, and that gives us confidence heading into the remaining two games. Is is tough. Copenhagen away is, you know, historically, I think we should be able to get at least a draw there. And United, they might have won. What three nothing today, but they don't have a good history performing away against tough crowds such as ours. So um, we have an extra day of rest compared to them. We play at home; they travel, so things are in our favor. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but we don't have any injuries, so we can play who we need to. I know David Davidson Sanchez came off uh, yesterday injured, but they reassured us uh, that he's fine and he should be able to play against United. I'll do Kerem. I believe should be back. So I think our back line will be those two guys. We just we just discussed Angelino. In terms of midfield, actually, I don't think we talked about this yet, but do we expect Ndombele to start again for a second game in a row? Or do we expect Khan Haihan to shift back into that spot? I think Khan Haihan comes back, you know, a little bit of an insurance policy because, again, this was Alanya. Like, don't let it fool you. <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah. and don't, but bro man Mustafa had like no no job to do right I think he had like one or two things like two chances that he saved but like I think one or two of them were both offsides if I recall yeah mm. I, I liked Ndombele's performance I thought like for his first time starting like this and, and putting in these type of minutes 
I thought he had a great performance with room to improve. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I can't, like, because his name is Ndombele and he played pretty good, doesn't mean that Khan is going to get punished now for putting in great performances against Bayern twice, Copenhagen, and United. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's it. He's been, it's his position, bro. Like, he's been playing. We're going to, it's not broken. Everything's working. So I don't, I don't think we can change, we should change in that regard. But my question is if you guys think Kerem is going to start. No way. I think he might. I think he might. <laughs> because, I <don't>... be- <laughs> because my question was after this, after this post nut clarity, is Okan just going to say, yeah, nah, forget it. Kerem right to the 10 again and all this other bullshit that he's been doing. Do you guys think that's going to happen? or if, if that happens, regardless of the result on Wednesday, I will not be happy. Me too. Because me too. Because we just talked about why it makes so much sense to play Martins in the midfield. And you know, I think this is a pretty agreed upon opinion and analysis, you know. Like he genuinely made Zaha play better. Like he allowed him to play better. He scored two goals and had an assist, right? Like he did his job. You have to allow him to continue to play and see what else he can do. Um, Barish Alper Yilmaz, maybe you can argue saying Kerem might start on the right wing, but even then you have Ziyech who's available to play, yeah. who still probably should play because of his quality and what he can do. Um, I I do not want to see Kerem play against United. Yeah, well, at least to start. At least to start. And the reason why I'm doubtful of what I otherwise would think it's an obvious decision is because Okan Buruk really really likes Kerem that's my only it's not just about like bro I mean who did you play with when you almost destroyed Bayern in the first half at home it wasn't Mertens you were playing with Kerem who'd you play away with you play with Kerem like yes Kerem is not the best player for the number 10 but for the other teams like playing against Alanya is not the same as playing against Bayern or United I don't like that argument bro because no. so the, wait the wait so are, so are we saying then that Kerem if he were to play 10 that he can press better than Mertens because I think when it comes to that they can do the same yeah, I think I mean, Mertens can press just as well bro this guy presses even when we're not playing a pressing game he's still pressing every everyone every ball on the pitch like if Kerem like were to I play said, on the bro, right two wing two different I will, games two different games man but, but if like, Kerem was I, playing I, on the right I wouldn't mind that though I wouldn't mind that but if he, I if, wouldn't mind that either. But you're screwing over three other players. Well, who cares? That is, we're trying to win, bro. Like <laughs> if if that's what it takes to win, then that's what it takes to win. But if he goes right back to the ten, that is some bullshit. Like that is some certified bullshit. After the, it, I, I don't know. And depends yeah. on how we play. No, it's for me. I mean, okay, look. Obviously, at, at that point, if we play well and we win. It's going to be easy to say, look, Kerem worked. But there's way too many examples of Kerem not working. And not look, another thing that we really have to understand is when Kerem plays or has been playing and not playing well in that position, it severely affects the surrounding players too. Like, I I, I, I made an argument for why I understand Okamburuk playing Kerem in the past, but it, it it doesn't do as much good as it does the negatives that come with it. Like, yes, Emre, I understand that we played well against Bayern Munich and all these other games that Kerem played 10, but Kerem is also not the only player on the pitch. Like, these other players, because of their individual skill, you know, a couple of those goals were just out of nowhere. We have to admit to that as well. It's not like, you know, we, we won these games because we played amazing, you know, football as a team. It's also a lot of individual effort. Our game yesterday 
was no there's no specific individual effort where you could say okay we won for nothing solely because of this guy or we scored these goals solely because of this guy mertens contributed a lot but he allowed other players to play it was a team effort like we could have scored 10 goals yesterday if we wanted if we just had a little bit more discipline but we could have done the same in other games too where we had like 3xg but we ended up with one goal difference but the other games is, you know, a lot of those chances, XG's were Kerem, who is not, who is now consistently <laughs> not finishing. It's those XG's where, because Kerem is such the vocal point, other players, they, they don't touch the ball, they don't get the opportunity, they're, not, they're not involved in the game as much. And as a result, like when they get those opportunities, they tend to not finish it as much as they otherwise would. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but like for a player to be really you know, have a influence in a game. They need to be involved throughout consistently. And I think our style of play before with like constant pressure with Kenham, it has its benefits, but I don't think it's the right way to play as a team. Um, I don't know. I, again, to my point earlier, I, I want to see more sample sizes. One is not enough, but That's I think we I'm have saying. to build on this. That's what I'm we saying. have to build on this. That's why I'm against switching back. Why switch back when you have the opportunity to build on something that might be your your platform, your your basis well, for the next. Do you want a might, or do you want something that's clearly worked in four games? Has clearly in cha- worked. Champions League. I don't League. think it clearly worked. It worked. Bro. You, bro, you 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 missed those games. Some of them by minuscule like measurements, bro. Like if Keram could just you know adjust his fucking foot just like two inches. <laughs> Oh, you, you were through. <laughs> that's the difference, right? Yes, that's the difference. That's the difference between like a great player and a like. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just Kedem that missed those games too, bro. Plenty of players, Zaha, Icardi, all fucking missed. It's not just Kedem. Like, I understand Kedem. Like, I'm, I'm saying it myself. He's not a number 10. Mertens is the number 10. But we can't deny the fact that the way we played was with Kedem. It's just the minuscule adjustments in our game that costs us points that's where we are right now let's say Kedem did score those right let's say he scored one of those against Bayern okay will you say oh it doesn't work our game plan is not suited for this team play I I, I don't agree with that if we score if we played the way we did yesterday still I would say that yesterday's performance and the way that we played as a team is what I would want to bet my money on and we continue to play with again I I understand it. like if Okan Buruk switched to Kedem I suppose your argument has some basis, but I'm not. I'm not convinced of it, though. That's the problem. Like, I'm. I'm not. I don't have confidence in. It. I don't know about the rest of the guys. Uh, yeah. Right. That's... Look, I want Kedem to go back to the left wing as much as you guys, but I don't know. I don't. If I don't I'm... want that either, bro. I don't want that either at this point. After <laughs> seeing Zaha. Zaha play yesterday, yeah. If yeah. Zaha is fit. Well, yeah. He look, is if Zaha wasn't here, that's what I'm saying. But right now, like, I just want Kedem to have a like space on the team. But like, I wouldn't put him over Zaha right now. Zaha is just a different animal. Yeah, that's why I said if bro, like if he can't play on the right, I'm sorry, I don't think that you can play here, bro. Like at this very moment, it's as simple as that. Like that's it. And that's why he wants him so bad to work at the number 10. I think he even switched like play styles a bit to accommodate Kedam. And like I think Kedam does work only if you're playing against teams like uh United and uh Bayern who are going to press you but when you have teams that just sit back and do nothing we like severely struggle against those teams and I can see Mertens being the the difference maker there yeah and like if you ask me 
which player I think makes the team better. I think Mertens makes our team better. Like, that's just me. I think that he makes, he, he just, every, I don't know, everything just seems to come together. But Absolutely. I, I also don't really think that's a that wild of a statement because, I mean, Mertens is a central player, right? He is like a shadow strike. He is, he is that player. He yeah. isn't that. Yeah. He's a winger who's like, like we said, he's kind of forcibly put into the middle. Uh, you know, basically just hoping it, basically, inshallah, I'm the way in, right? Just hoping it works. Yeah. It didn't really. Look, he, he still has good work rate. I do have to say that. But against United, what I do expect, like, I hope it's not famous last words, of course, but in away games against big opposition, usually they sit back and crumble. And they're more of a counter-attacking team anyway. Therefore, I would also say that Mertens should, you know, what isn't broken? Like, don't fix what's broken? Is that saying? I don't know. Yeah, anyway, just don't fix what's not broken. I don't know, just keep Mertens at 10. And look, if at some point he gets gassed out, which is normal at the age of 36, then yeah, sure, he can come in and play. But I don't want to start with Karim. That's my opinion. Not even on the right. I think the way we played uh, against Alanya with having, like Yasin said before, Zaha, who can be direct because he has the space. Barish, who's, you know, pretty direct anyway. Icardi, who's our complete attacker, who even comes back to help, and Mertens as well. I think that's a good formula. Like our attack looks looked immaculate. I think we should keep it. Yeah, and this comes it, this comes back to what I was saying on the last episode as well. Like, if if Okan Buruk wants to use Kerem so badly and he can't give him up, why did we sign all these players? Like, why? Why did we do this then? Like that just proves that we weren't signing players you know, to try to build a team properly. We were just signing players for the sake of signing players and hype and trying to bring in big names and stuff like that. So like that, we just like screwed ourselves basically, yeah. right? Because now he's not playing on the left. I'll tell you that right now. He's not touching the left-hand side because I highly doubt anyone's going to convince Zaha to go to the right. That's not going to happen. I, I hope, like I said, after the post-nut clarity, Okan will say, wow, Mertens, dude. I'm sorry, I forgot about everything you did last season for us as well to help us become champions. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I don't. I'm, I. I have a feeling Kerem is just going right back to the ten against United. <laughs> that, that's what I think. I think Okan is just he's really frustrating for me. Oh, it pisses me off. <laughs> even if we, even if we win, I'm gonna say, oh, bro, bro. Even if, even if we win. I'm going to say... Uh, you can't say that. No, dude. You can't say I, that. I, even I'm if saying win. the same thing, bro. I genuinely no. don't nah, like it. I don't believe because, that. Because, bro, e bro, if we win, even if we win the game, there's still no reason to be playing him there, bro. Like, there's no... Okay, fine. Like, if well, you... Well, not all the time. That's what I'm saying. Just for these type of games. But are, but are, you mean these type of games in the sense where, like, we're going to go out in the last few games and, like, play, like, that really high press and stuff like we've been yes, doing? Like, yes, that's what like, you're saying? like, I think Mertens will get gassed out quick the way we played against Bayern. Like, the home game against Bayern. If, I we, think play, if we play like that, absolutely. But now the question, Emmer, is should we play like that again? Is that what works? We because will play like that. Is, is that genuinely the right way to play? Because we played like that twice, three times. It worked once. It almost worked the other two times. And the reason why it almost worked was not just because we couldn't finish, but because we got gassed out when we shouldn't be getting gassed out. We, you can't allow teams like United, or more so Bayern Munich, have 15, 20 minutes where they, they can attack you when you're gassed out. Then you're screwed. If we, I don't know, it's... Well, what's the, like, 
I mean, if it worked for you, like, bro, the way we played is the reason why we say we almost had them. Otherwise, you're never going to get Bayern like that or United or any other team that easily, bro. Like, yeah, I don't remember a time where Goss said I, we were playing in the Champions League <laughs> saying, bro, that first half should have been 4-0, 3-0. You know <laughs> what I mean? I don't remember that. Yeah. Not under Fatih Tatum, not under anyone. Maybe back in the like 90s, late 90s, you know, but I was still like a little kid. I don't remember those games as well. But this is like mm-hmm. like legit the first time I've seen a golf that I that has potential to topple any team, maybe barring like City or something. But come on, like this is Bayern. Like you guys said, don't fix what's not broken. Maybe if you want to adjust it, I think we played a more like uh, uh, approachable game in the second Bayern game. Maybe I think Ocon will adjust there, and even then we still got you know gas in the last ten minutes. But it's better than getting gas in the 65th, 70th minute. So I guess an improvement, however so slight it is. But no, I think we're still going to press because this is Okan Buruk, brand Like winning mentality. I'm not going to sit back and wait. That's not how he operates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're going to see shortly what he goes with. <laughs> I mean, for me, for me personally, I know Mertens can press because he just runs and runs and runs and runs and runs all game. So uh, for me, I would like to see Mertens there. But my my official prediction is we will not see that. I think that Karim will just go back to his position and that's it. Just Would you guys not want to see uh, Mertens in the second half? Because uh, like, uh, Mertens against a team that's tired, fully fully like rested, wouldn't that be more of a uh, benefit to the team? Bro, I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest with you right now. If Kerem sends the ball over the net (laughs) in this Manchester United game, I'm going to just not freak out. I'm just going to calmly unplug my TV. I'm just going to lift it up off the stand. And I'm literally going to put my TV in a rear naked fucking choke until it cracks and chuck it out (laughs) the window, bro. Because I can't. I can't, bro. I can't. I can't do it. I, I can't. What I if can't. it's in the second half? Are you not gonna do it then? If he comes in in the second half, if he, comes, if he comes out in the se- if he comes into in the match in the second half, I can at least say, okay, you know what? Okan is seeing it how we're seeing it as well. He tried with Mertens and stuff, whether it worked or not. Let's see what Kerem, Kerem can do in like 20, 30 minutes. It, oh, if he skies it from like six yards away, of course. I, I, I like, of course, because I, I just I'm sick and tired of it. But I, I don't know, man. I'm just <laughs> Kerem this season for me. I don't know. Well, I don't know, fortunately for you guys, Ocon has an, a decent habit of playing players that won the previous game consistently. Only changing up a few things depending on the game. Like, I, I don't know. I think he's going to put a good performance. I think Ocon, we should trust him at this point with what he does. Because he's shown us that he's capable when it comes to tactics. Plan B might not be great all the time, but at least the opening act for his games is usually good. Yeah. So I have I have some hope in this upcoming game. I have full hope as well. Yep. Same. I, I need I still have hope. I need to be given more hope and reason to trust him with making subs at least because I think he still lacks in that department a little bit. I think he is slow to react to the game and what changes are needed sometimes. So that's why when you said how would you feel if Kedem started and Mertens comes in the second half? 
my feeling and thought is, will it come at the right time or will it come when it's too late? So can I can I be honest with you? I think this whole sub thing is so over exaggerated. It's like not like making a sub isn't always going to provide you with like benefits. Like some coaches don't make subs all the time either, man. Pep, it's Pep, I mean, of course, plays are not comparable, but like Pep usually doesn't even make a sub. But I know, bro. You know, what, you know what, this is this is what's <laughs> been pissing me off though. Like while I do agree for the most part, what pisses me off about Okan is he waits for us to just be fucking gassed and then makes a quadruple change in the 75th minute, which just fucks the whole team. That has been bothering me. Instead of making, how often does that happen though? Besides the line, oh, bro, that's we were complaining about not quadruple. No, no, like maybe triple, a, a, oh, double, he, he, a, a double or triple change that just fuck yeah. everything, bro. After like we let up a goal when it was clearly coming or like a change was needed, that happens too often for my liking, you know. And I don't know. I I just yeah. wish him and his assistants would kind of see that a little bit earlier. Yeah, uh, and, and we brought that up in the Byron match when he was like, oh. He's like, everyone was saying, why, hold on, why didn't you make subs? He's like, we did. We had the subs on the- <laughs> on. John like dying because he likes breath, <laughs> yeah. et cetera. And, like you could yeah. clearly see it. And, and, and Okan was like, oh, we, we had the subs. They were right there waiting and it, we just got unlucky and scored a goal. Yeah, and, I don't like those excuses either. And bro, that's a bit- Okay, uh, if you had the subs ready and waiting, but bro, why are you subbing three players at once? You should have subbed one of them 10 minutes ago. Then another one he, five again, minutes he after did. that. He did, bro. He did. He did you guys Mertens. keep forgetting that he did. He subbed in Mertens. He, did Mertens. he subbed in what? He subbed Mertens. in Mertens like 10 minutes before we conceded. Yeah, but dude, from that time until the time that we conceded the goal, we were getting destroyed. Where were the subs in between that? So th- I remember there's a rule like when you make one sub or whatever, like you have to wait before you can make subs again. There's a rule like that. Like you really? can't just yeah, there is a rule like that. Unless well, it's an injury. I ca- I can't really confirm that rule. The only no, no, no. rule that I know as far as at least as far as I know, like even though we have five subs, you can only have like three moments or whatever of subs uh, subbing players in or like four. Yeah, you th- can't do uh, all something five like that. a I part know. of each other. Like you can't do one, then five minutes or like three minutes later, oh, I'm a sub another, and then two minutes, oh no, you can't do that. I've never seen that being done. Oh, that's different. I, uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but so right, I think there is a moment yeah, so in the up. game. No, joking. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the rule is. I have no idea what the rule is. I'm just looking back at this match. Bayern made subs in the 78th and 83rd minute, so I don't know what the time frame is. But you're right. Mertens came in in the 56th minute, so 10 minutes basically after the half started, and then. We basically just got shit on until the 75th minute where a triple sub yeah. came. Whereas if that was 56, make a change at 66, then maybe bring two guys on in 76 or 75, whatever how, whatever the rule allows. Like that, yeah. that's just my problem. That's the problem I have with it. That's all. I think he'll improve with that though. Like he's very quick to improve on his uh, shortcomings. And lately I haven't been, you know, upset with his changes. Honestly, I think he makes decent changes. As of late. Um, but yeah. If you guys have nothing else to say, I think we could close up, wrap the... Does everyone except Emre want to make a prediction? <laughs> uh, you go first, yes. And I, wa- I-, I want to hear your, your prediction, bro, because you seem really scared about this. No, I- I'm not scared. No. The only thing that I'm slightly worried about is, you know, <laughs> Kedem or not Kedem. <laughs> Otherwise, I-, I actually feel... I feel good. 
about it. Obviously, you know, seeing United win three nothing today is never feels good, but it's also against Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I feel good. I think we'll win. Uh, if I were to make a prediction, I'll say like, I'll say two one. I think it's gonna be a close game, but I'll say two one win. Okay, Sale, what do you think, bro? <sighs> okay, um, it's a good one. Nah, I, I think okay. I'm not gonna try to jinx it too hard, but I think uh, we'll smash United. I, I have no faith in them. <laughs> I have no faith in them. No, I have zero faith bro, in them. I did this guy not just expect that. Finishes me every time, bro. So fucking funny. <laughs> nah, they're they're a wee record, bro. They lost like four three against Copenhagen. Like, come on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, Copenhagen I, I, almost beat Bayern, so away. I mean, we did. Too, I mean, at home, almost right. We almost did too. No, 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 no. no. Uh, like, well, Copenhagen at home is pretty good. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm, okay okay but um no nah, like united basically missed their uh star player rashford who's not playing against us i think hoyland or whatever their new strikers also like he's a maybe I, I, he's a maybe yet indeed uh erikse who's also out which is kind of their like deep playing playmaker uh like they have Maguire, I think, and Casemiro's not playing. Casemiro's right, not playing. Right, right. Uh, they fell out of Varane. Uh, Onana has been kind of iffy. Bro, I don't know. There's like too much going on <laughs> at the club right now, which makes me doubt their ability to win away at a crowd that they've never seen before. Like, uh, yeah. bro, and Tanak is gonna shit his pants. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 no yeah. joke. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I think I think we'll win. And what do I see by smash? I think we'll win. Let's see, three no. Man, I would At just, home. I would just nut, bro. Like I'm just gonna keep it a hundred right now. Like, <laughs> um, I, I for my prediction, I yeah, I would say like I, United are just like fucking shambolic right now. Uh, I I still think we're probably gonna sweat a little bit. I, I'm gonna say two one. I think we'll we'll make it out two one. Um, see, because I had two thoughts. Like, I think we'll win two one, but then the other side of me is like, are we just gonna witness like purely like classic Galatasaray right now, and it'll be like one one, and then we have to win against Copenhagen <laughs> in the last match, like you know, one of those ones. But I don't uh, think that's. I mean, that's the, that could be the likely scenario, but you don't have to win the last game, even if you draw United. That's the beauty of it. Like, you don't have to win tomorrow. I mean, on Wednesday, you just have to not lose and hope. Bayern doesn't, you know, shit the bed and lose or drop points, which I don't think they will. But as long as you draw two games, you're through. Because even winning United doesn't even guarantee that you go through. I mean, right. it kind of guarantees uh, Europa, but not mm-hmm. Champions League. Right. And by the way, I don't trust Bayern. Just so I'm just going to put that out there from now, just in case. I don't trust them because I don't think they're that good. I've been saying that for a while now. So if they were to sell against one of these teams, would never <laughs> surprise me, bro. Would not surprise me. I'm just going to put that out there as well, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I think we uh, wrapped up everything well. You guys gave your predictions, and uh, that's been episode 71 of The Lion's Dead. We'd like to thank everyone that came and listened. We hope you had a good two-week break. We're looking forward to the Wednesday game. Hope you guys are looking forward to it too. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Lions Den GS. You can hit us up for a Discord link where you can join the community, talk about the games, watch the games together, 
you know, you can get your very own GOAT status. You know, join the GOATs. And uh, yeah, with that said, thank you guys. Have a blessed one. Peace out. See ya. Take care. See ya. All right, bye.